Bible. I'm a bit too much English, but I'll try my best. Psalm, Psalm 4. Psalm 4, we're going to read from verse 6, <clears throat> 7, and 8. It says, There are many who say, who will show us any good? There's many people out there that are waiting for us. Okay. Uh, Lord, lift up the light of your countenance upon us. In other words, bless us, Lord. You know, so we'll be a blessing to them. You have put gladness in my heart more than in the season that their grain and the wine increased. You know, uh, it's, it's very common to, to see worldly people get their joy, you know. They get their joy with booze and they get their joy with drugs and all that. But our joy is different. Our joy comes from heaven. Did, did you ever get a hangover for being blessed? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Then on top of that, it says in verse 8, verse 8, I will both lie down. How do you say this word? I will both lie down in peace and sleep for you alone. Oh, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Ain't that nice? <laughs> the, the Lord do all that for us. And sometimes we're not really, um, how you say, uh, grateful. We're not grateful for getting all that for nothing. <laughs> it don't cost you anything. It doesn't cost you anything to get high in the Lord. <laughs> Praise God. God bless you. And I will uh, have the others come forward. Hallelujah. How many of you are rejoicing in the Lord today? Amen. Amen. We've sent, sung some beautiful songs to the Lord. Um, I remember when I was younger, many times we would sing songs that we didn't even know what we were singing. <laughs> but now it's like, oh, Lord, we have to measure each word that we dedicate to God in singing and in speaking. Yes. Stand up and let us read from the word of God in Second Samuel. My husband is the preacher. I don't know why I'm preaching today, but. <laughs> he says we're taking turns, so. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We're going to read in chapter 6, verse 9.
Praise God. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? That's it. That's all we're going to read. Praise God. You may be seated. <laughs> it's a question that we're going to ask ourselves today. How can the ark of the Lord come to me? I want you to say it all. Say it to the to person next to you. How can the ark of the Lord come to me? You know, the ark of the Lord was a symbol of God's presence. Hallelujah. Amen. It was a symbol of God's glory to his people. That is where he symbolically abided. And he gave commandments to his people, to the people of Israel, to build a tabernacle. And in that tabernacle was the ark. Praise the Lord. And today, we have an ark in our lives. How many of you know it? Amen. It's the Holy Spirit of God. Hallelujah. How many of you want to receive the ark in your life? How many of you have it already? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about this today. God's presence is so wonderful, and it's so needed. Praise the Lord. And many times... When we come to church, we feel God's presence. I, I felt God's presence very strongly here today. I, I don't know, every time I come here, it's the same thing. I think it's because it's so little. <laughs> that, um, it has nowhere to escape. <laughs> and it becomes more powerful and greater in our midst. Uh, you go to a huge church, and you see some people half asleep and others praising the Lord, and you have to really close your eyes and, and seek the presence of the Lord to feel it. But here it's like everybody is in one accord. Amen. And we have felt the presence of the Lord in a powerful way. Hallelujah. But you know, in the times when Samuel was a child, the, the Word of God says in First cha uh, Samuel chapter 3, that in that times there was no vision, and the word of God was very rare, very scarce. Praise God. And here we have a young man being raised in the temple of God. Hallelujah. Trying to submit his life to God, okay, under the authority of a leader who was called by God to guide his people and teach the word of God. But yet the Bible says that one time when he was asleep, he heard the voice of God and could not recognize it. He did not know that God was speaking to him. Many times God wants to speak to us. He speaks to us through the word. He speaks to us through his, his preachers. Praise God. And we, do, we don't understand. We don't receive the word of God the way it's supposed to come to us. God wants to speak to our lives. Amen. He, want, he has a calling for each and one of us. And when he called Samuel, and if you go to 1 Samuel, praise God. Hallelujah. It says that in, in chapter, go to chapter 4, chapter 3. It says that the Lamb of God, chapter 3, verse 3, the Lamb of God had not yet gone out. Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. The lamp, the lamp of God had not yet turned off, and there was the ark. 
that, that, that resembled or was symbol of God's presence. So he was not alone. But yet it says he did not know the word. He could not recognize the voice of God. Hallelujah. And we all know the story, I'm sure, how God had to call him three times so that the leader could realize and recognize that, that it was God's calling to this young man. Praise the Lord. And the Bible goes on in 1 Samuel in how, explaining how it came about where the ark of God was taken out of its place and was taken for granted. Praise the Lord. They were in battle when it, it first occurred. Well, the first battle that is registered in chapter 4, praise the Lord, the people were just happy before God, um, expecting the victory that they, that they had been accustomed to. God had been with them in many, many battles. And the word of God says that they were strongly defeated. And about 4,000 of the Israelites were killed in this battle. Okay? They came before the Lord. And complained. Okay? When the, when the Philistines heard about... Um, the, the people of God, the people of Israel coming against them, they were afraid because they know that God, the God of Israel, was a God that was well known as a God of victory, okay? He had taken his people out of Egypt and had guided the people through the desert in wonderful, miraculous ways. Now, praise the Lord, even the people of Philistine knew this, and they were afraid, but they defeated they had the victory. And this caused the people of, of, of Israel to grieve before God and come before him, okay, and question him. He says, God, what happened? Why did this occur to us? Where were you? Many times that, that can happen to us. Amen? I don't know if it's happened to you. He says, Lord, where have you been? You've, you've allowed this to occur in my life. Aren't you a God of victory? And yet I'm going through this problem. I'm going through this situation that I cannot handle. The Lord allows these things because he wants you to recognize that without him, we are nothing. Praise the Lord. And what happened was when the Philistines took the ark, okay, that's what happened in the battle. They took the ark. A lot of things occurred. First of all, um, Eli's sons were killed in battle, okay? When Eli heard of this, the Bible says that especially, you read, especially when they mention that they had stolen the Ark of Salvation, the Bible says that he fell back and died, okay? Because he knew he knew that if they had taken the Ark of Salvation, which is all that they were hanging on to, praise the Lord, that they had nothing. That they were completely defeated. But you know what amazes me is not only, praise the Lord, not only Eli um, 
want you to excuse me because I don't preach in English, and I, I preach in Spanish, <laughs> so it's a little bit more difficult for me, okay? Okay. Okay, in chapter 4, this is when all the bad news was given, given to Eli. In verse 18, it says, His neck was broken and he died, for he was an old man and heavy. He had left is, let Israel 40 years. Then they gave the news to his daughter-in-law, who was having a baby. She was bearing a child. And with the news that she received... She had the baby before time. But what, what calls my attention, if we read, praise God. In verse 21 of chapter 4, it says, She named the boy Ichabod, saying, The glory has departed from Israel because the capture of the ark of God and the deaths of her father-in-law and her husband. Okay, she said, the glory has departed from Israel, for the ark of God has been captured. Who wants to father children without glory? Okay, this is what was happening. This boy named Ichabod, his name meant no glory. If you have no glory, you have no presence. If you have no presence, you have nothing in your life. Praise the Lord. There are a lot of children without glory because perhaps the, the fathers will raise their hands to praise God in church, but when they go home, they may raise their hands for something else. And if we cannot give an example to our children, okay, our children look at us as hypocrites. And what are they learning? Praise the Lord. You know, we are responsible to God for our children. Amen. That's why we have to look at the presence of the Lord as not something that we feel only in church and we receive only when we congregate. The presence of the Lord has to be in our lives and in our homes. Our children has to see in us God. Amen. They have to see Christ in our lives so that they can grow up as, as fearing, God-fearing children. Thank you. Praise the Lord that can develop God's love. I remember when we were raising our kids, not all the children are the same. Our son, the one that passed away, I'll never forget Anthony. He was so involved. He, he wanted to do everything. Okay, as he was growing up, if, if there was no one to lead, they, um, Anthony would be a volunteer. If there was no one to sing, although he didn't have a good voice, he was a volunteer. Whereas little Danny didn't want to do anything in church. He just sat there. He looked like he was bored to death in each service. The service could be going on where the spirit of the Lord was just moving in a wonderful, powerful way, and Danny was just... But there came a time in his life. You know why? Because in spite of all this, okay, we taught him the love of God. Praise the Lord. And there were times in our homes when we have our little home services. And I'll never forget that Danny came to the Lord. Listen to this. Born with Christian parents, 
going to church almost every day, because, you know, those Pentecostal Hispanic churches have services every day, every night. <laughs> okay, going to service every night, coming home half asleep in the car, okay? But Danny did not accept Christ as his Savior until he was 18 years old here in Florida. We lived in New York all our lives. He, we moved to Florida and we were not members of a church when we decided, well, let's have a, one of our little mini services at home, okay? And we had our service, and my kids all participated, and we said, okay, time to go to bed. When all of a sudden, Danny would came to us, and we, we looked at him, and he looked like he was crying. And, and David knew right away. He says, what are you feeling, son? And he was choked. And David, he put words in his mouth. He says, you want to accept Christ as your Savior, huh? He says, yeah, Dad, it's time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Wasn't in a church. It was at home, okay, in a tiny congregation of four people, <laughs> okay? So the power of God is everywhere that you allow it to be because it's in our lives. It comes through us, okay, and we have to... Uh, um, kind of influence other people in our surroundings so that they can be touched by God and by his presence. Praise the Lord. Well, to go on with the story, okay, the ark was sent, was among the, Philist the Philistines, okay, and the Philistines was composed of five cities and five governors. And the ark was taken to three of this, these cities. And the first city, okay, they brought it into their altar in front of their god, Dagon. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Their god, Dagon. They believed in a lot of gods, okay? So the, the ark was another god among their gods. And they knew that the ark represented a powerful God because, like I said before, they had heard all these stories about what God had done with the people of Israel. And they said, well, since this God is powerful, let's put it right next to our greatest God, which is Dagon, okay, and there was the ark faced in front of Dagon. <laughs> Praise the Lord. In the night, okay, Dagon fell, and in the morning when they came, this is what happened to our God. He has fallen in front of the ark. They came and placed him back on the shelf where he was. The next day, okay, they kept quiet about this. Let's not tell anybody, you know, what's going on here. Next day, they came, and Dagon had no arms and no head. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. And that's not all, brothers. The Lord continued because just because he allowed the Philistines to win in victory, he didn't give them the victory. He was only showing a lesson to his people. And he says, I'm going to punish these people because they have no right to the presence of God. Hallelujah. The presence of God abides only among his people. Amen? And God afflicted the Philistines. He started giving them sicknesses, tumors. And they all started complaining. Praise the Lord before their leaders. This is what is going on? We need to get rid of this ark. Praise the Lord. Amen? And in chapter 5, verse 8, it says, So they called together all the rulers of Philistines and asked them, 
what shall we do with the ark of God of Israel? Sounds like David's question, right? What shall we do with the ark of God? David says, how can I bring it to me? And these people were saying, what shall we do to get rid of it? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, they called the diviners and the leaders, and they had a meeting. What was their advice? Take the ark and put it in a new car. Okay? But don't send it alone. Don't send it alone because you have to be careful. Okay? This, this God is a jealous God. Okay? He's almighty and all-powerful. He says, let's send some offerings. Okay? They were called guilt offering. Amen? Let's send some guilt offerings to them. They started making um, these images of what they considered their plague was, which was a tumor. They made images of this in gold, okay? And in verse, chapter 6, in verse 7, they says they took, they put it into the card with two cows that have, have calved and have never been yoked, hitched the cows to the card, okay? But they took the cows away, okay? Could you a mom? Could you imagine a mom, okay, being told, okay, you need to walk that way, but leave your babies behind, okay? That's what they did to these poor cows. They took their little calves away, and they locked them up. Okay. They, they put the ark of the Lord on the cart. And keep watching. Okay. If it goes up its own territory toward Beth Shema, then the Lord has brought this great disaster on us. But if it does not, then we will know that it was not his hand that struck us and that it happened to us by chance. Did you hear what that says? By chance. We as Christians do not believe in chance. Do you believe in chance? If you believe in chance, I don't know how, how much money there's in the lottery, but you could go ahead and buy your ticket. Okay? But we don't believe in chance. We believe in God's providences. We believe in God's miracles. Amen? In his almighty power. Hallelujah. They didn't understand what was going on. He says, well, maybe it's God. Maybe it's the God of Israel. Or maybe this is just things that have happened. Praise God. Well, you know what happened? That cow, the two cows, they went on their way. They kept going straight. And it's amazing. When I was reading this, I says, wow, we can only be like these cows. Okay? Verse 12 says, then the cows went straight upward toward Beth Shemesh, keeping on the road and lowing all the way. They did not turn right, and they did not turn left. The rulers of the Philistine followed them as far as the border of Bathsheba. What does the word of God says in Hebrew 12? Keep your eyes on what? On the author and the perfectioner of our faith. Amen? Praise the Lord. 
there is a problem. And this, this is beginning to give an answer to David's question. How can I bring the ark to me? Because David had had a bad experience with the ark, okay? He tried to do the best he can, but you know, sometimes we do it our way, okay? But the word of God wants us to do it his way. That's why it's so important for us to learn the word, okay? David knew that the ark did not belong with the Philistines. David knew that the ark belonged with his people. And the word says that he prepared his home. But he felt so bad. He says, I've prepared my home. But where is the ark? And he had a plan. He had a good plan. But he didn't look into the scriptures. He didn't know how it was prescribed, what needed to be done. Because when we don't see God's word and what we do, God's uh, presence and what we do, okay, we can do things wrong. Praise the Lord. And then we're going to feel like the people of, of Israel felt when they, when they lost the battle. And they says, God, what happened? Okay, many times David, he had this experience. So that's why David learned to come before God each time that he was going to, to do something, okay, that he wasn't sure of, he would come before the presence of the Lord. Lord, should we go ahead with this? Lord, what shall we do? Is this your perfect will for my life? We need to learn from David, okay? Praise the Lord. Well, these animals, okay, they went to their destiny, okay? It didn't matter that they left what was so important for them behind, okay? I mean, what could be more important to a mother than their child? This is, the Bible is so clear. This is to show us, okay, that it, what we leave behind, okay, to do God's will, it could be your children. It could be your mother. It could be your father. And the word is pretty clear on this. One of the verses that, that God gave me when he called me to, the, to missions was Matthew 19.29. You know what that says? If you do not leave your house and your children and your father and your mother, okay, and your town, if you do this for me, you will receive a hundred times more and eternal life. Praise the Lord. Okay? And we don't realize that the Bible says, okay, that if anyone would come after me, you must deny yourself. Amen? Deny yourself and follow me. That's what it says. Take up your cross and follow me, okay? We want to serve God, and we want all the blessings. When we come to church, we sing and praise the Lord, and we, we, we go home so full of the presence of the Lord. But then we don't want to sacrifice anything in our life. We're not willing to give up anything because we love this. Okay, and I think I think we need to to take an account of our lives. Amen. And just look at ourselves and say, Lord, what is in me? What is it that I do that does not please you? Praise the Lord. Am I putting something or someone before you? Or are you the priority of my life? God wants to be first in our life. Hallelujah. 
okay? So a lot of things in our path and our way is hindering us from growing, from becoming more mature in the Lord, okay? And there are Christians that have been in the Lord many, many years, but they're still at, at, at a step one or a step two level, okay? And the Lord has many faces and many levels in our lives that we need to continue on. We need to grow. We need to see things differently because we, we've, we have Christ's mind, but that mind many times is confused. It's boggled, okay? We don't know what we're doing. Why? Because in, in, our, in our way, we are turning to the left and we are turning to the right, and we're letting a lot of things stop us and bring us back from growing in the Lord. Amen? Do you agree with me? Praise the Lord. Wonderful example in the word of God, a cow. Comparing us to, to these cows, they had wisdom because they were guided by God, okay? But do you know that the end of the path, what happened to these cows? You read on. In verse 13, 14, it says, The cart came to the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh, and there it stopped beside a large rock. Who is our rock? The rock of ages is Jesus. He's, he's the biggest and most powerful being, praise the Lord, that, that can, it is there for us because we are standing, standing firm in him, okay, and through him we can accomplish all things. The people chopped up the wood of the cart and sacrificed the cows as a burnt offering to the Lord. How many are willing to be sacrificed? Romans 12, 1 says, okay, that we are sacrifices unto the Lord. Okay, are you willing to sacrifice to God? I had to learn that the hard way. And perhaps you are, many of you are like me. I was a very materialistic person, okay? I made a lot of money. I was a manager, and I made a lot of money and didn't know what to do with it. So I was always shopping. I was a shopaholic. And I was constantly buying things that I didn't need and want, okay? I would want it one minute. The next minute, I was tired of it and put it in my garage. My garage, you couldn't open it. It was so full of junk. Praise the Lord. Okay, what is in our hearts? Okay, there are things that, that we have to confess to God. We have to say, Lord, take out of my life all those things that do not please you. Okay, I made a decision in my life. And you know how the Lord dealt with me? When the Lord touched me and called me to, to missions, I looked around this huge home, two floors, two living rooms, one huge kitchen and dining room, four bedrooms, and I would walk around my home and cry. and says, Lord, what do I want all this? Children are suffering and dying in Honduras after this hurricane. Praise the Lord. And I'm over here living alone in this huge home with everything and things that I didn't need. And I would cry before the Lord. And when the Lord dealt with me, he put in my heart that I had to get rid of everything. And I did. I got rid of everything. I went to Honduras with my clothing. Praise the Lord in one bed. But the Lord, like, he, he keeps his promise, okay? Because if you leave your children, your family, your home, and your city, he will multiply your blessings and give you 100% more. And you heard my husband, okay? We don't, 
it, it, not even five minutes passes when we desire something in our hearts and we see it to come, whether it's little or big. Okay, I fear sometimes saying uh, I need this because I know the Lord is there and he'll provide it in no time. We have seen how he has responded to us. Okay, so I don't know what's going on in your home or in your life, but if you are in need, okay, the Lord has promised abundance, but you have to understand what abundance means, okay? Abundance is not that he's going to give you everything that you want, need and want, okay, and then you're going to go around and say, I'm a child of God and I have an abundance. No, he gives us an abundance so that we can give unto others. Hear me out, okay? Why are you receiving God's blessings in his temple? You are being filled with his Holy Spirit. Is it because he just wants to please you and he wants you to feel good about yourself? No. What he gives us is to give to others because we have a mission call, whether it's here in Florida or in a country in Central America, we are responsible to God. That commitment is real, brother and sister. Okay? And I'm glad you have reaching out there because we are reach out ministry. Praise the Lord. You have to reach out because if people are not going to come to you, you have to come to them. Praise the Lord. To finish, I just want to point. Um, it's a little story about this old lady who used to come to church just like you. And she decided she was getting old and she needed a car, but she lived three blocks away from the church. So in her car, she would drive up to the church every night. And she would go to the gas station and say, fill it up. And they would look at her and say, your needle hasn't gone down. There's nothing to fill up. Okay? Next day, she would go to church, go back to the gas station. She was afraid of, of, of staying without gas. She says, fill it up. Lady, it's gone down just a tiny little bit. Okay? We're going we're, we're gonna to put a tiny little bit in your tank. She wanted a full tank, but she couldn't get a full tank. You know why? She wasn't empty in her tank, okay? So the next time she went, the guy at the gas station said, okay, lady, you want a full tank? I'm going to satisfy you. But first, you have to do something. She says, what? She says, just go on the road. And just go a few miles. <laughs> just ride back and forth in that road a few miles down and, a few, and come back, and I will fill your tank. Do you understand what I'm trying to say here? Okay. The Lord is so wonderful. He blesses us. Even when you don't pray, even when you don't fast, you come to church and you sit down next to that brother that's full of God, and you're going to get full of God too. Okay, this is contagious. We receive God's presence because he is an almighty, loving, merciful God. Hallelujah. But to keep God's presence, that was David's promise. How can I bring it to me? How can I keep it? Praise the Lord. There has to be a sacrifice. And you have to do it God's way. If you read in Second Chronicle, praise the Lord. I'm going to read it just quickly. That's, that's, let me see if I remember exactly where it was. Praise the Lord. Hmm. May have lost the scripture. But in 2 Chronicles, that's when David realized that he had done it wrong. Do you know that they lost, he lost a friend when he did it the first time. We lose so much when we do it our own way. 
Okay, he lost a very dear friend, and he was, he was very hurt before God. He says, why, Lord, why? Praise the Lord. And God told him, he says, you did it wrong. Okay, my word tells you how to do things. You have to read. No. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't have it in my... I didn't mark it, and I forgot the scripture, unless it was. Okay, it's First Chronicles 15. Thank you, brother. First Chronicles 15. Let me just read verse 12. He said to them, you are the heads of the Levitical families. You and your fellow Levites are to consecrate yourselves and bring up the ark of the Lord, the God of Israel, to the place I have prepared for it. It was because of you. This, this is David talking. It was because of you, the Levites, that did not, did not bring it up the first time that the Lord our God broke out and anger against us. We did not inquire of him about how to do it in the prescribed way. Do you hear me? In the prescribed way. Let's get to know God. Let's get to know his way, okay? When we know God's way, we're going to start changing a few things in our lives. Praise the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. God bless you all. It's a privilege to be here. Thank you pastor for allowing me this time and we'll see each other probably next there are many who say who will show us any good there are many who say who will show us any good the world is saying who will show us any good the world is saying who is going to bring change to my situation who is going to bring me the answer that's going to deliver me from where I am who is going to bring healing to my family? Who is going to bring salvation to my children? Who is going to bring deliverance to our school system? Who is going to help me? Who, who, who's going to do any good? And you know what I love about the way this just tied together so perfectly? We can do no good apart from the glory of God. We can do no, listen, we may be able to fix somebody's, you know, situation for a moment, but to be able to change somebody's life for eternity, that is only done by the glory of God. That is only done by Almighty God. And so the call to the church is, church, are you full of his glory? Are you full of his power? Do you hear the cry of the world saying, who is going to do any good? Who is going to bring change? And you know what God is saying? I want you to be the one to bring change. I want you to be the one to bring transformation. I want, to, I want you to be the one who is filled with my glory and my presence. But the reality is, and I love the story that she used, one of my favorite stories in the scripture. David, a mighty man of God, is saying, man, uh, how, how, how can the glory of God come to me? I realize that I'm nothing apart from his glory, and I want to see the glory of God. I want to experience the glory. I want to give him the worship and adoration that he's worthy of. And as she said, what the scripture to show us is there is a prescribed way to carry the glory of God. There is a prescribed way to carry the glory of God, and it begins with us living a consecrated and separated life unto the King. That's how it starts, church. And so the question is, I mean, really, do you hear the cry? Do you hear the cry of your world around you that is desperately needing something good to happen? Just think about it for a moment. Do you hear the cry of your world? Or have you become so desensitized to the world around you that you hear no cry? 
that you're like, Bishop, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. If you're sitting here and you have no idea what I'm talking about, then you are blind. You are blind to the reality of what is going on around us. If you do not see the cry of this world for lives to be changed, then you, there, there is something wrong. And if you're in here and you say, you know what, I, I do hear that cry. But now the other question is even more important. Do you hear the mandate of the Lord and the invitation at the same time? My son, my daughter, you've heard the cry of the world. Now can you hear my invitation saying, I want to fill you with my glory. I want to fill you with my power. I want you to be a conduit through which I can manifest my fullness. We have to ask that, those questions and, 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 and internalize those things. Everybody stand to your feet, please, and bow your heads. Hallelujah, Father.